Hello and welcome to Things I Wish Someone Told Me About God with Eric Green, author, producer, songwriter, recording artist, and senior pastor of the Father's House in Eugene, Oregon. I'm your host, Cody Willis, and I'll be facilitating this podcast and interviewing Pastor Eric on a variety of topics pertaining to our walk with God, the ministry of the gospel, and the practical outworking of our lives in Jesus Christ. So, thank you for joining us for a lively discussion that we hope challenges and inspires you to think more deeply and biblically about your relationship with God and men. Most importantly, Pastor Eric believes we should all be learning more and more about our God because he has a beautiful purpose and a plan for you. In today's episode, The Only Thing That Matters. I'm here with Pastor Eric Green of the Father's House in Eugene, Oregon, and our conversation today is a continuation of some of your recent teachings, Pastor, which hone our focus on the one Jesus Christ. Being in the thick of the holiday season, obviously there's much focus on the Lord of the Lord and the King of Kings, and and rightfully so. Can you just talk about the significance of the birth of our Lord, which came in such an insignificant fashion? Oh, yeah, uh, it is the most important event in the world's history. And I know we might think that the cross of Calvary and the crucifixion of Christ might be more significant, but there is no crucifixion if there's not a birth. So uh, I believe that uh, everything that matters truly to God began with Jesus Christ coming to earth some 2,000 years ago. And it is incumbent upon me and you to take our eyes off of everything that's around us and all the things that uh, that have taken a very, very high profile when it comes to Christmas and put our focus, our eyes on the child, Jesus Christ, who came into the world to take away the sins of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And he was fiercely determined all his life to do what he was sent to do. And he did it, and that's why we're here today, and that's what we're talking about today. So, Pastor, I mentioned focus a moment ago, which has is, is once again been um, really the central point of, of, of some of these uh, recent teachings of yours. You mentioned in, in one of those teachings the wise men. And when I think about the wise men and what they did, that very word focus comes to mind. Can you talk about that? Yes. Uh, God has spoken to them, obviously. And uh, these men were not of the children of Israel. They were not of the chosen people of the Jews. But God chose them for this particular purpose. And uh, one of the things that I shared in that teaching was we need to understand what makes those wise men wise. They were wise because they heard the voice of the Lord. God had revealed himself and his will to them. They took it upon themselves to pursue what it is that God set before them. And they would not be deterred until they got to the child that God had revealed to them. What a wonderful thing uh, for for us today to hear the Lord in the same way and to not be deterred until we get to the feet of Jesus Christ, because uh, that's what they did, and I believe that's really the essence of what we might call the Christmas story. So, Pastor, you mentioned the crucifixion a moment ago, and I've heard you say before that according to the world standard, Jesus's ministry is the greatest failure in history. Obviously, a bold statement. Can you just expound on that? 
Absolutely. And, and I wanted to be, that to be heard well and heard as I, as I meant it. Think about Jesus and him being the Son of God and him being the chosen of the Lord, the Messiah, the one whom the people of God were obsessively waiting on for centuries. And here he shows up to his people, and they were not prepared for his coming. They proved all through his life and ministry that they were not prepared for his coming because they weren't prepared for the kind of person, the kind of man, the kind of king, the kind of savior that he was. They were obviously looking for something completely different. But when he got here and and he walked in the power that was his, given to him in the Holy Spirit, it would seem to us that his ministry could not fail. But it failed spectacularly in a natural sense. And when we take a look at what we consider to be successful ministry, we don't look at what happened with Jesus Christ because he was rejected. And we know what happened to him at the end of his life. And and we know how all the wonderful and great things that he did were forgotten. And the same people who he blessed screamed crucify him at the crucial moment. So I can't think of a greater failure than being crucified. So in earthly terms and in natural terms, his ministry was the biggest disappointment and the biggest failure that it could have possibly been. But of course, in spiritual terms, we are the children of God because of his ministry and because of his sacrifice. And that, to God, is the only thing that matters. I'm so grateful for that perspective, Pastor, because it's instructional for me as it pertains to how I measure my life and the hand of God and the move of God in my life. Uh, that's something that that I have to lay at his feet continually so that I don't get caught up measuring the spiritual work of the Lord in my life on earthly terms. And that's so important, Cody. That's one of the things I wish someone had told me uh, and emphasized to me that God's ways, his thoughts, his standards, his assessment of things, his judgment of things is 180 degrees from that of the world. And so often, even in the church, uh, we accept standards that are not God's standards and that compromises us and keeps us from being the witness to him, the clear witness, the clear light in the world that we're called to be. The only way that we're ever going to be all that we are called to be in Christ is to be all about Christ and to measure everything by the standard which is given to us in Jesus Christ. No other way. So speaking of the only thing that matters, Pastor, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the Apostle Paul. I've heard you say, Pastor, God is not saying anything to you other than Jesus Christ or apart from Jesus Christ. And so when I think about things that I wish someone told me about God, that very statement comes to mind. In a world dominated by culture wars, pastor, fear, and and just so many passions, how are we to not only keep the first thing first, that is Jesus, but according to Paul's word and what I've heard you say, how are we to keep the only thing the only thing? Well, I believe, Cody, we do that by keeping the focus that God gave us in the New Testament. Uh, I've shared this for many years. I believe the center of our attention ought to be that we are in the house, we're in the Word of God, and we're in the closet of prayer, and we're not caught up in our own heads. 
If we can accomplish those three things, being in the house, in the word, in the closet, then we won't be caught up in our own heads, our own thoughts, our own standards, our own assessments. But we will be aware of and caught up in a good way, obsessed with what God has given to us in Jesus Christ. The one thing the enemy wants to do is to get us off of the spiritual plane to which God has brought us in Christ, to get us out of the heavenlies and to get us down here on the earth, to get us out of the spiritual battles and the spiritual uh, growth that God has for us and to get us into the muck and mire of the, the world around us, even claiming to be doing this on behalf of the Lord. But Jesus didn't do this. Jesus did not involve himself in the issues and in the pursuits of the world. Jesus kept his eyes on the Father, and he said, I only do what I see my Father do. And we ought to be able to say, we only do and we only concern ourselves with what we've seen Jesus do and with that which he's concerned. The truth is, is generally as Christians and as a church, we can't say that, but that is the work to be able to say that my eyes are on Jesus. And I know sometimes think folks might think that, oh, you know, we get up in the clouds and we get heavenly minded and we're not much earthly good. But the truth is, we're no earthly good unless we are heavenly minded. Now, if you heard me say that before, <laughs> forgive me, but I think it's something that's worth repeating, that we're no earthly good unless we are heavenly minded because Jesus was heavenly minded and no one was more earthly good. Pastor, I think about the fact that our Lord came as a babe, and we talked about the cross, which if any man is being honest with himself— whatever it is that he endeavors to do. Uh, the cross is not his hope for <laughs> the end of that thing. I think about the fact that the Scripture says many are called, yet few are chosen, that the road to life is narrow, and few find it. So is it true, Pastor, that as it pertains to the kingdom, less is more? Absolutely, Cody. And I've heard it said that uh, it's an upside-down kingdom. But that's not true. Uh, it's a right-side-up kingdom. We're the ones who are upside down, <laughs> and Jesus came to get us right side up. Everyone who doesn't walk with the Lord is walking in darkness. In other words, they're not walking in the light and the revelation and the wisdom and the knowledge which God makes available to everyone who surrenders to him in Christ Jesus. And so it, it, the whole point of the Christian life, I believe, and I wish someone had told me this about God, is that our focus is 100% on who Jesus Christ is, uh, who he was, uh, what he did, who he is, what he is doing, and who he will be to us and what he will do. I believe that that's enough for you and me to focus on, and that will keep us rightly related to God. That will keep us uh, in line with him and what he's saying and what he's doing, and nothing's more important for us as believers. So who Jesus Christ is, let's talk about the quote-unquote isness of God, and, and, and perhaps you can explain yeah. what I mean in a moment. But Pastor, I just want to read a few scriptures, because I think perhaps the two most significant words ever spoken to man are the words, I am. It says in Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 through 14, Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. 
And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. It says in Isaiah 43, 11, I, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. Of course, that was a prophecy of the Savior who was to come. And then in, in John chapter 8, verse 58, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Was this not a clear declaration from our Lord, Pastor, that he is God? Yes, it's as clear a uh, declaration as it could possibly be, because uh, when he made that statement, uh, the those who were around who witnessed that statement and who heard him say that picked up stones to stone him. And they picked up stones to stone him because they fully understood that he was saying that he is God Almighty. Now, they didn't understand that. They should have understood it because the Old Testament and all the prophets that they heed and they refer to, each one of them told them that the Messiah was coming and he would be the Son of God and he would be the one to whom they were to look and to worship as God because he was God, he is God. And he will be God. That's what I am means. It's a blanket statement. It is as comprehensive a declaration as there has ever been. Because I am means that there's nothing that matters outside of me. Now, that's one thing that I, I, I wish someone had told me about God. Nothing that matters. There's nothing in the universe of any consequence. Even the possibility of existing outside of God. And when you make that statement, that is as bold a statement as has ever been made. But he himself, by his sacrifice and by his resurrection, proved that he is. Pastor, you have said before, if God is great and I am great, and someone is unnecessary. What is your instruction to the people of God when, when you make that statement? Well, we are to do everything we can to be all that we can be in Christ. Uh, there's a real temptation, though, of making it about ourselves. And that's just natural. I don't say that critically uh, about anyone or cynically. But it's natural for me to think of myself as being something, and we can even take our service and our humility when it focuses on itself, can be pride. I can turn even my worship into something that's about me. So it's very, very important for me to, to realize that this propensity to make things about me then takes Jesus and puts him beneath me. And I didn't intend to do that, but I do that when I make my ministry or myself or my, my service or my work or my gifting the point. The point always is the man Jesus Christ. I want to say that in such a way that we realize that that doesn't denigrate us or, or doesn't diminish us at all. I'm at the greatest point in life that I possibly can be when it's not about me at all and it's all about him. That's the work that I do to keep this life from being about me or what I've done or what I have or what I've accomplished, even about my failures. It's not about any of those things. 
It's about Jesus Christ. And that is the work, and what a pleasant and wonderful work it is. And if you ever see anybody for whom Jesus Christ is all, you're seeing a blessed life. You're seeing a brother, a sister uh, whose steps are worth following in as we imitate them while they imitate Christ. Pastor, when I consider the fact that he is, I consider not only the fact that I am not, of course, but the freedom that I don't have to be. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Something you've said in the past is just be. What does it look like, Pastor, to just be, spiritually speaking? Uh, Men and women who are just being are found at the feet of Jesus Christ. I don't want to hyper-spiritualize any of the things that I'm saying because I I, I realize that there may be the temptation to hear me that way. But when the effort is to take care of my relationship with God and Christ, and that that looks like something that's very practical and that is very attractive. People who are, are without drama and without agenda and without this forceful, argumentative, uh, having to win, having to be up front, having to be on top, having to be successful, who are walking in Christ, are, are walking that way because they have set aside all of those things that Jesus would get the glory. And when Jesus is getting the glory in a life, it's a very practical thing. Those folks are found, once again, in the house, in the Word, in the closet of prayer. They're very useful people in the hands of the Lord. Uh, they're kind and they're loving And they're not perfect in a human sense by any means, but God is able to perfectly use them wherever he places them. And you'll find that they are fit for everywhere God sets them, and that's a blessed life. There is a blessed life, and God puts people before us who are walking with him in such a way that we say, hmm, I wonder what that is. And when we ask, the first thing, the the first response is that's the Lord in my life. Pastor, I just want to share for a moment, because you've taught me and and you've taught us, uh, those who are under your teaching, to be prepared in season and out, to always have a ready word, a right now word for the season that you're in. And I just want to encourage anyone who's listening, because it's hard to reconcile what truly matters. In fact, it's impossible, I'll say, to reconcile what truly matters apart from the Word of God. The Bible teaches us that Jesus is the Word in the beginning of the book of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And so for me, in this season, the Word over my life is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and it says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's been such a point of freedom for me, Pastor, because I realize that even in a position of uncertainty— or seeming inability to go on, or lack of knowledge, whatever it may be, the one thing I can do is keep walking by faith. And of course, the Scripture tells us we walk by faith and not by sight. How important is that, Pastor? It's it's so important, Cody, the first passage uh, that you referred to where we are called his workmanship. That word in the Greek is poema, and uh, we get the English word poem, uh, from it. What a beautiful, beautiful rendering. What a, what a beautiful understanding of what is being said to us. We are God's song. He 
expresses his love for us in sweet terms of endearment. I'm a songwriter and I'm a poet and I know what it is for uh, those things to come out of me because they come out of me in a way that I fashion them and in a way that I pay attention to them, that uh, I want them to be rendered beautifully and thoughtfully. And that's what a songwriter poet does. Well, you are the song of God. And every place he sends us, the fragrance in the room should change, the temperature in the room should change, the light in the room should change, the atmosphere changes because God is singing a song and he is reciting poetry, so to speak, through you and through me. And we live in a way that commends the, the, the poet, God himself, who's speaking to the world through us. And he's speaking to us through Jesus Christ. Uh, what a wonderful, wonderful way of looking at what God expects from us and what he's fashioned us to be. And we are prepared for every place that God sends us because he has prepared the way for us. And we're simply walking in the steps that have already been walked out for us by Jesus Christ. We follow the great shepherd. And as a sheep, we end up at the destination that he determined for us when he leads us. Pastor, um, one thing that comes to mind for me particularly, and it's something that we talk about often, is the three-strand chord that's mentioned in Ecclesiastes. And what comes to mind for me right now as, as we talk about uh, the only thing that matters and, and, and the fact that the Father sent His Son and we are to uh, pursue Him, I think about the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm reminded of another thing that you say often. By the way, if you're listening to us, uh, you're getting a full meal deal today of things I wish someone told me about God. But it's God is not talking to you. He's talking to his spirit in you. Can you just encourage our listeners, pastor, and just talk about how those three things all work together in unison? Yes, when God is speaking to me, once again, as you said, uh, he's not speaking to me. He's speaking to the spirit that he gave me when I accept Jesus as my Lord, because the spirit man is the only one who can hear God in the spirit. And God only speaks in the spirit. When he communicates to me, he's communicating to the God in me, the Holy Spirit, who then communicates to my spirit, which is made in the image of God. And I hope that doesn't sound like I'm speaking in circles here, but when we were created, we were created spirit because we were made in the image of God who is spirit. Now, we have a soul and we live in a body. But when God is speaking to us, he's not speaking to our soul, our mind, emotion, and will. Because if I hear God in my mind, well, my mind is not expansive enough to receive the things that God is saying. If I hear God in my emotions, well, my emotions are up and down and sideways, uh, sometimes all in one day. And if he speaks to my will, well, there's sometimes I will and sometimes I won't, depending on what I think and how I feel. So God doesn't speak to me on that level. God speaks to me according to the Spirit. Because Jesus said in John 4 that the Lord is looking and, and he is looking for those who will worship him and worship him, how? In spirit and in truth. And that's what God was doing then. That's what he's doing now. He's looking for those who will hear him in spirit. And in truth, and, and truth speaks of Jesus Christ, who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
He speaks to us according to the Spirit because the Spirit is made like God, can appreciate God, can worship God, and can 100% of the time be in step with God. When he communicates to us, he communicates truth, who is Jesus Christ. Once again, that's the only thing God is saying to us. So I want to simplify your life if you're listening to me right now. It's not about any of the things that we make it about. It's about what God has made it about. He's made it about his son. And that may seem an oversimplification, but if you live anything like the life I live, I need all the simplicity I can get. My life is complex and complicated enough on its own. I don't need any more complexities or any more complications. What I need is simplicity. And wisdom is very simple. God's wisdom leads us to Christ in the spirit and according to the truth, who is Jesus Christ. And I hope that's helpful and I hope it's clear. Pastor, I just want to leave our listeners with a scripture. I think just beautifully um, confirms everything you just said. Jesus said in John chapter 16, 13 through 15, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And all I can say to that is yes and amen. Thank you, Cody. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Things I Wish Someone Told Me About God. We hope you found this discussion stimulating and enjoyable, as well as uplifting. So much so that you'll tell a friend or two and listen in again. Pastor Eric and I will be back with the next episode shortly. Until then, may God bless and strengthen you in your walk with Him. On behalf of Pastor Eric, I'm Cody Willis, praying God's best for you.